Hi, everyone, and welcome to Fur Baby Talk, Episode 3, Feeding Raw. My guest today is Megan Walls, owner of The Nutrition Code, a raw food company in North Carolina. Megan has written two books, So You Want to Raw Feed Your Dog and So You Want to Raw Feed Your Cat. With that, let's welcome Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi, Sue. How are you doing today? Okay, how are you? I'm wonderful. Oh, thanks for being the guest today and teaching my listeners all about feeding raw. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. I'm so excited for this. You know, we all have a story how we started feeding raw. I do. Anyone that I know that started feeding raw, they always had a story of how they started. How did did you start feeding raw and then obviously come up with starting your own company? Yeah, so um, let's see. It was probably about uh, eight years ago or so. Um, I had my first bangle, and, um, you know, I had gotten her when I was 12 years old, so I just fed what my parents fed, uh, which was actually Purina. Um, and uh, one day, she just randomly stopped eating any kind of canned and kibble. And, of course, you know, um, you know, that's the standard. So for several months, I tried to find something that she would like, and she just wouldn't take to it. Um, so one day I found a recipe, um, by Lisa A. Pearson, um, who was a cat vet. And I tried, I tried the raw recipe and she ate it immediately. Um, at the time, I honestly didn't really know how important nutrition was to animals. Um, so I, I was not very up on it at the time, But then a few years later, I actually ended up working for a pet food company, and I started reading more about nutrition. I was like, oh, my goodness, there's so much I don't know. And the dots just connected from there. Um, So at that point is when I really realized how important nutrition was, and I started learning all the scientific uh, information backing that. Um, And it just dropped me down this ginormous rabbit hole. Uh, So here I am you know, years later and realized this was actually my passion. Um, so I, I have always loved writing and research, and, and so I just ran with it. So that's kind of how I started with raw feeding and then jumping truly into, you know, the scientific information about it. So did you write your books first I, or did you start your company first? I actually um, started the company first. Um, I mainly okay. started out uh, being a free source information website, mainly articles. Um, and then I started jumping into writing uh, and designing infographics. Um, I would like to do videos uh, so that I pretty much can uh, cater to all types of people, you know, people that like reading, people that prefer to look at visuals, people that just like listening to things. Um, and after a little bit, a lot of people actually did start asking me to write a book. Um, so, you know, I started I started designing that, and it was actually probably a two- or three-year um, adventure just gathering everything together. Um, I'm, I'm very, like I said, very much into research. So I wanted everything backed by science. I didn't want anything anecdotal or, you know, something that people could honestly argue with. Um, so a lot of the research took a lot of time. Um, I have this really bad habit of reading information and then writing everything down and forgetting where I found it. So (laughs) I kind of had to go back and, uh, you know, do all the citations, but, um, 
Yeah, so that uh, so I kind of had the company first, and then I I delved into uh, you know the side adventures with the with the books, and the I actually just came out with a recipe book as well. So I've kind of progressed from oh, there. Oh, good. Now, is that available it yet? It is, yes. Um, it is yeah. also, like my other books, in that there is information in there um, that is backed by science. But this is kind of like um, the next step of uh, raw feeding. So, you know, the first two books, uh, the ones on dogs and cats, that was kind of just a step-by-step basic guide of what raw feeding is. You know, it has a few recipes in there. Um, you know, but it's just the basics. This um, is about how to design your own menus, um, all the math that's involved in it, um, you know, kind of more of the nitty gritty information. But the most important part of it that's very beneficial to people is that it has 130 recipes. Um, so it's basically like a cookbook without the cooking part uh, for raw feeders. Um, and it also has, um, it is based around Prey Model Raw, which is, uh, you know, the main model that I follow. But um, I have put in a ton of information about the nutrition of all of the recipes so that people that feed BARF or another kind of raw model can modify those recipes to the model that they feed. Wow, that's awesome. And what is the title? It of is the called book? Prey Model Raw Recipes, 130 Recipes and How-Tos on Recipe Design. So kind of a long title, but, um, you know, it really tells you exactly what you're, you're going to be getting out of this book. What you're right. What, what the book is all about. So how can we buy that? Exactly. And as far as I'm aware, this is the first of its kind. Um, first of all, most of the books out there are for dogs. Um, you know, it seems that a lot of people, uh, have a lot of dogs and that seems to be the community that raw feeds the most, but cats. Um, and actually ferrets are very, very um, susceptible to nutritional deficiencies and a raw diet is especially important for them. Um, but yes. in addition, um, most of the books are based around barf, um, which uh, more includes the meat, uh, bones and organs, but also fruits, veggies, grains, um, supplements. Uh, so there is really, mm -hmm. as far as I know, no books out there on prey model raw. Yeah, I've never seen any. So where can we get your book, Megan? Um, so um, the company that I print with, uh, Lulu.com, you can order right off there. Um, the, the So You Want to Raw Feed Your Cat, Dog, and Ferret books are $12. It's a paperback book. There are all over 100 pages. And then the Prey Model Raw is about, uh, if I'm not mistaken, about 200, over 200 pages. And that one is $16. But you can order right through there, um, and they'll ship the book right to you. Yeah, I need that book about all the recipes. I think my dogs get yeah, bored. Yeah, well, you, you know, know, that's a big thing for me. I'm really huge on variety. I'm sure my cats could care less, but I pride myself in having <laughs> fed them over 28 proteins, and I really enjoy making different recipes for them. So the, this book is really a culmination of, you know, the last 10 years and uh, various recipes I've formulated for them. And I think you're right. I think uh, most people don't realize that cats need to be fed raw too, and they need that nutrition just like a dog Absolutely. does. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you know, I've never fed um, a cat mm -hmm. raw. I've always had dogs. That's why I was intrigued by you because you know how to feed right. both. 
And, you know, the listeners, it, people don't always just have right. dogs. A lot of people have dogs. Right. And Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and it's a great way of to learn how to feed raw. And that's why you're here Absolutely. today. Uh, so besides the nutrition of everything um, to mm-hmm. the raw, why do you think it's so important for them to feed raw? Now, I've always thought it's just because the dog and cat food has no nutrition whatsoever for our pets. But I know there's other things besides Mm -hmm. nutrition that's important. Um, So, um, you know, to start off with us humans, you know, I try to relate things to humans a little bit. And I I know cats and dogs are not the same as humans, but, you know, it provides a little bit of a um, comparison. Um, You know, we all know that processed foods are not good for us. A lot of them are full of fats. Um, they're, they're greasy, they're sugary. Um, they've got a lot of, you know, ingredients added to them that are not appropriate. And it's the same for our pets. Um, if you look back at the history of the pet food industry, you know, uh, before World War II about, we, uh, were feeding either our pets were allowed to walk around the farms, you know, taking care of, you know, rodents and pests and other things Or you know, we lived in hunter gather communities where, you know, we had dogs as companions, but they were still hunting their own foods. They would get scraps from, you know, the table or for, you know, whatever was hunted. Um, but around, um, in World War II, animals started becoming a lot more domesticated. They started being luxury animals. And so people started feeling that, you know, feeding a natural uh, diet was barbaric. It was uncivilized. And so um, around that time as well, we started having a lot more um, rations of, of food for us humans. So we had to start using scraps and whatever byproducts you had in the factories. And so that's where a lot of our pet foods have come from. A lot of the canned Mm -hmm. foods are, you know, scrap meats, byproducts, you know, things that aren't used for the human, human uh, food industry. Um, And so Mm -hmm. the best way to use that was to make another product. So obviously, from a marketing standpoint, that was great. Um, But now your pets uh, started becoming used to commercial processed foods. And that kind of has been the trend for quite a long time. Um, But yeah. With that, we are seeing more health problems uh, that can be directly related to the food. You know, if your pet has, you know, loads of sugar in it, they're more likely to get diabetes, just like people. If you're feeding them a ton of yeah. carbs, um, there's a lot of anti-nutrients in there. Um, you know, a lot of legumes and beans, fruits and vegetables, while they're good for humans, our, our carnivore companions cannot process that, that, that kind of stuff. And so that really taxes the body. So overall, one of the most important things about um, feeding a species-appropriate diet is that it's healthier. Um, your pet will live longer. They will not suffer as many conditions that we see with animals having a processed food. Um, so really, overall, it's, it's a health aspect of you know, what our animals are supposed to be eating. Right. Yeah. It, it really, once you get into the science at it and you do a little of your own homework, you realize how so unnutritional dog and cat right. food is. Right. And, and you, the, the number one thing you said, it's processed. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, especially the kibble. Mm-hmm. I mean, they take out all the moisture. And what do our yep. dogs and cats need? It's it's the moisture. Absolutely. 
you know, and the fillers that they put in there, it, it you know, and like you said at the beginning, just like us, yeah. processed food is not good for right. us. It's not good for them either. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and that's what I've been hearing through my company is uh, a lot of people have their, I just had a client tell me a week ago that their cat, four years old, has diabetes. Oh, geez. And, you know, you try to explain to them that the can and the dry food isn't good for them. And, you know, some listen, some don't. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you can't do nothing about it. That I found very common as well. Um, You know, a lot of people need to see it to believe it. Um, Yes. You know, you can throw all the facts that you want at them. And for some people, it's very hard to unengrain what you've been ingrained for years. You know, we, at this point in time, we have stores completely dedicated to processed and commercial foods, you know? Correct. Uh, grocery stores, yep. they have a pet aisle now. It's not just human food. So it, it's get also having to get past that uh, mental block of, of raw feeding. Yeah. Yeah, I call it the brainwash. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, we've been brainwashed all these years that that's what they're, they should be right. eating. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you you too, it's probably, well, me as well as you, we both grew up that you weren't supposed to feed your dog scrapped off right, the table. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And there's still people, you know, uh, oh, I, I can't feed them human food. That's, you don't feed them that. You know, um, that is right. yeah, a very common, common misconception. Now, I've had um, someone asked me the other day, and I, I knew I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you today. You know, she started feeding her dog raw, and she said he got sick. He would throw it up all right, the time. Right. Now, I, try, I told her to ease him into Absolutely. it, you know, to slowly give it right. to him. What would be your recommendation if someone is going to start feeding their dog or cat um, raw raw food? Do do you recommend them um, slowly introducing them? Because I know my my dog, my puppy, my nine month old, from the moment she walked in the door, Mm -hmm. she was fed raw, didn't even turn back, accepted it right Right. away. Um, So uh, there's a few different methods. Uh, I'll talk about the dogs first. So with puppies and younger dogs, I I do recommend just switching cold turkey. Um, And the partially the reason for that is that um, a lot of animals are are, dogs are already going to be on kibble. Um, You're the most likely the body is going to detox in some way or another. So you might as well just jump in and provide supportive care after, Um, you know, more, um, fluids, water, um, more exercise. Um, you know, some animals may need a digestive aid, like an enzyme or, um, you know, Mm -hmm. slippery elm to help ease the tummy. Um, but with dogs, you can practice tough love with them. Um, they, they are not going to starve themselves and, um, they don't have the same issue as cats, which the concern for cats with practicing tough love is fatty liver disease, which can kill a cat. So, when we're talking about mm-hmm. transitioning dogs and cats, there is a difference. We do not want to practice tough love with cats. Um, okay. But with uh, so in order to transition a cat, 
you can go to cold turkey. I have done that with uh, before. You know, I had cats that were completely raw fed. I did go to cold, cold turkey, and most of them had no problems at all. They enjoyed it, and we had no issues. Um, some cats they'll take a little bit longer to transition, so you may have to transition with a good quality uh, canned cat food because you want them to keep eating. You that is when you start risking the fatty liver disease. Um, but there are things that you can do to help the process along. Like, like I said, you know, increasing water intake, um, increasing play and exercise, uh, providing a digestive aid. Every animal is going to be different. So you kind of have to, um, you know, follow the guidelines and then tailor to your individual companion uh, to see what works for them. Okay. Um, now, one question I get a lot is how how much how do you know how much food to feed your cat or dog right. um so um let me first explain that i am a strict prey model raw feeder um so we um base what we're feeding off of the ratios of meat organs and bones that you find um in wild prey in the wild um and we only feed fruit vegetable uh, fruit sorry we only feed meat organs and bones um, because that's what they are going to eat in the wild. We don't feed the supplements or um, fruits and vegetables. And mm -hmm. in following those ratios, we also rotate, rotate protein. So like humans, you want to have a vi varied diet. You don't want to be eating the same thing. All um, ingredients are going to have different nutrients. So with Prey Model Raw, we don't follow, you know, calorie intake and, um, you know, uh, figure out every single nutrient down to, you know, the decimal point. Um, so with um, raw feeding with the prey model raw style, you're going to feed approximately 3% of the adult body weight of your cat. So if they're a kitten, you're going to predict about how much they're going to weigh as adult. As an adult, say we have a 12 pound cat, we're going to feed that animal 3% of its body weight. Um, now that is a general guideline. So if you have an animal that, uh, you have a dog and they run agility, they're probably going to be burning more energy than a dog mm -hmm. that sits on the couch most of the day and is, you know, a senior that's low active. Um, so you can increase or decrease that percentage depending on, on your companion. Um, a lot of people for dogs generally do about 1% to 3%. Um, and for cats, it's typically about 3%. Um, most cats have a similar um, activity level, and they're about a similar size. You know, with dogs, we have large breed dogs and tiny little little. Right, right, um, right. So you I, I noticed, have to adjust that. Yeah, I noticed with our puppy, she has been, uh, she has slowed down. She's about, fifth, probably about 14, 15 pounds mm -hmm. now, and she should be about 16, 17. And right. I noticed that... Um, she has slowed down. She leaves some of her food now. Yes. So yes. I'm, I'm backing off on some of her food, you know, right. less and less a little bit, because now she's probably, like you said, come to almost her full weight. Exactly. And, you know, and not that she doesn't have enough energy, because of course she does <laughs> as a puppy, but, right. you know, she's, she's met her nutrition prop, so to speak, right. of how much food to get. Right. Um, and, and it's like you said, 
it's all it all depends on what size the dog or cat's going to be. Right. And you actually make also another really good point um, with her being a puppy. A lot of people believe you got to add all these special supplements and everything in for cats and kittens because they're growing. In reality, you just need to feed them more. Um, so if you make a batch of food, as long as that's balanced, you can feed a kitten, for example, or a puppy, you know, four or more times a day. We, um, as humans, don't always know when they're going through growth spurts, but obviously as kittens and puppies, they're rapidly growing. So really the main difference, you don't need to feed more calcium to help them grow or anything like that that can actually be really detrimental. You just feed them more. Um, and like you said, they get to a certain point where they are self-regulating. They know, okay, I, I'm not really growing as fast. My body is not, um, you know, requiring as much energy and nutrients. So I'm going to, you know, not eat as much. So you are seeing that in your own puppy where yep. she's probably reaching maturity. Uh, you know, she's at her, you know, adult weight. And so she's slowing down. Right. And I've also noticed, too, that when uh, even just like a month ago, when she would get up in the morning, first I'd let her out of her crate. She'd literally run to her bowl because she wants to eat. She right. wanted to eat right away. Right. And now she isn't. Right. You know, now she's, I'm like, you don't want to eat? I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I put it away. And because, you know, you're surprised. And, right. and at first you're like, uh-oh, what's wrong? Right. You're, you're, you're a puppy and you're not eating. But right. just with your explanation now, it's dawned on me that, no, she's, She's maturing. She's doesn't need all that food constantly, right. you know, for her energy. She's slowing right. down. She's maturing. So now and, she doesn't eat for like an hour or so after she wakes right, up. Right. And, you know, again, you made another great point. One of the great things about raw food is that it is nutritionally dense. Um, when you have a food that is cooked um, at very high temperatures and has ingredients that aren't um, nutritionally appropriate for your companion, you're going to see animals that are constantly hungry. They're counter surfing, they're digging through the trash, they're mm -hmm. stealing food. Um, with raw feeding, you really don't see that very much um, because they are getting the nutrients they need in an appropriate form that's fueling their body. And a lot of people are quite surprised with the amount that they need to feed um, their companion on raw food, it is significantly less than a commercial food. And that really tells you something. Um, you know, it's like eating a bag of chips. You can eat a whole bag and still be hungry. But if you eat, say, you know, a steak, um, you're getting more of that fat, more of those usable um, proteins, and you don't mm -hmm. need to eat as much. It's the same thing with the commercial food versus... Um, you know, the raw food, they're getting more nutrients in a smaller amount. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I have to say, and they poop less. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? The, the smell too. Oh, you know, yes. I, oh my I, God. I, yes. I'm a breeder. You know, I've got, I've got kittens. I've got a lot of cats. I, you know, I go to shows and I, I, you can't tell I have cats. The litter boxes do not smell. Nope. And, you know, when we go to cat shows, you can totally tell when somebody's cat is, is on canned or kibble. It smells so bad. So yeah, and bad. I bet, is, is it gotten, is it getting popular for people to actually feed? Because I, I always hear about the dogs. 
Right. But is it getting popular to feed our cats raw finally? It is. It is. Oh, and, it, you know, it's it's been so beneficial to have breeders that raw feed because mm-hmm. a lot of pet owners uh, that buy the kittens and the puppies, they go, they, they do use the recommendations of the breeder. Um, I have probably about 95% of my kitten owners feeding raw, and a large majority of them had never fed raw before. Ah. Uh. Yep. So there's there's definitely a high conversion rate with with breeders or anybody, you know, that, it, you know, fostering, rescuing, whatever, um, that feed a raw diet. And uh, they, they let the new owners know what they're feeding. A lot of them really do follow through on continuing that. Now, can you explain to everyone what what is the prey, the full prey diet that you feed? What okay, is that? So. So um, there's two kind, of, two sub methods, I guess, within prey model raw feeding. Um, so, like I mentioned earlier, it's based off of the the prey that they eat in the wild. So when we're talking about the ratios, we're looking at about eighty percent meat, ten uh, percent organs, and ten percent bone. And this is generally um, the average of prey animals in the wild, what they're composed of. So that's what we're trying to model when we feed this to our animals. Um, A lot of people do feed whole prey, um, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, the animal is already dispatched, um, but is the complete animal. It is a whole rabbit, a whole chicken, a whole uh, rodent, whatever. Um, Meaning feathers and and all? Uh, Correct. Excuse me. Yes. Yes. Um, Which in itself provides a very valuable benefit. Um, Mm -hmm. It is really good for, uh, it's a natural source of fiber. So um, the the fur and the feathers are really good to feed. Um, But then you also have uh, another sub-model, it's called Frank and Prey. And this is for people that do not want to feed whole prey. You know, obviously some people are a little touchy with, you know, feeding something with a face or something that is an animal. Um, With Frank and Prey, it's parts. Um, so you could have, you know, 80% rabbit meat, uh, 5% uh, chicken liver, 5% beef organ, and 10%, uh, you know, the rabbit bones. So it's kind of mixing and matching different prey, but you're still coming up with that same ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I also said earlier, um, uh, with the prey model, you're not feeding fruits and vegetables, you're not feeding grains, and you're not feeding supplements. Um, with the fruits and vegetables, um, as a prey model feeder, you are um, going off of the assumption that animals don't really eat as much of, of plant matter in the wild. Um, there is research that shows uh, wolves, for example, in dire need, and dire meaning Wolves, wolves and wild dogs can actually go a week and a half without eating anything at all. So when we're talking about dire need, we're talking really, you have not eaten in forever. You have not found any kind of prey. Um, but in the wild, they are eating more, some berries, some tubers. Um, you know, they're not having watermelon. They're not having apples and, and peas and carrots. Um, and any other kind of fiber they are eating is from the whole prey, what is already digested in the, in the prey animal. Um, and as humans, we cannot emulate that. There, there are certain enzymes and certain processes that happen within these wild prey that break down the nutrients um, in the animal that is 
the plant material. We humans cannot do that. We, no, matter, no matter any kind of cooking, blending, adding enzymes, we cannot emulate that. Um, so that is why we don't use the fruits and vegetables um, in, in the prey model raw. Um, with the vitamins and minerals, um, we're getting back to processed things. Almost all vitamins and minerals that are in tablet form, pills, capsules, they are not natural. Um, right. There's a lot of things that are taken, and I'm not going to get too much into this because this is a whole other topic. There <laughs> yeah. are a lot of buffers and um, chemicals and other things that when um, pharmaceutical uh, supplements are made, take away from that product. And there's been a lot of studies that actually show um, artificial vitamins and minerals are actually not very safe. Um, and they are actually not regulated by anybody. So um, that's a huge concern with the fruits and or with the supplements uh, being used in our uh, diets. Um, but the main component, uh, a huge important component of the pre-model world diet is rotating proteins. That is going to help you get more nutrients in a variety of ways and to complete a more um, balanced and complete diet for your companion. So you can still achieve all of those nutrients with whole foods and you don't have to use the fruits, vegetables, and supplements to get there. Oh, that's good. Now, I don't I don't feed a, a, a raw prey, a mm -hmm. full prey. I get it grounded up and it, it's a whole right. animal, the whole right. animal. It's the bone, the organ and mm -hmm. the meat. Mm -hmm. um, and I do, we do switch the proteins every few days. Um, third number one thing lately is quail. I, yeah. I get quail from Texas and uh, they are, they're for human consumption. Right. But um, my, our dog, Lucky, he'll just take the whole quail and yeah he's done and they, but the puppy i still it. have to yeah oh he loves it now Addie, the puppy the first time i fed quail to her she just and i'm handing her the wing and she's looking at me like what is that it's not in my bowl or anything right and but it took her it she grabbed it because i i gave lucky a whole one and he ran Right. And I'm giving her the wing and then she looked at him and she was like, well, I guess I'm supposed to take this. You know? right. And she, she sat and smelled it and licked it. And eventually she did it. Now, when I she hears me cut, you know, crack the bones of the bird, she comes running. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you know, and you know it's unbelievable how how they know. And I get I can get full rabbit, too. Mm -hmm. And so, in fact, I just ordered from the farm a cut up rabbit. Okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll cut it up and I'll, I'll just, you know, cut it up and cut up the meat and the bones. And that'll be the first time she'll be eating a, a, a full rabbit. She's used to the ground meat and the right. bones. So right. this, it'll be interesting come Friday when she gets a full rabbit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really is amazing. Um, how they already know how to do stuff. Um, you know, I, my kittens usually start eating raw around four weeks of age and, um, they, they know exactly wow. what to do. They, they just dig yep. right in. And, you know, a, a lot of it, like you said, with, with your girl, it's, it's monkey see and monkey do, you know, when they see my mom's eating, they're like, okay, this is what we eat and just dive right, right in. And I think even all these centuries of becoming domesticated, I still don't think you can take the wild out of no. them when it comes down to their food. 
Right, right. And, you know, a part of my degree um, is in actually evolutionary studies. And what people don't realize is that tens of thousands of years seems like a very long time for us. But in the long scheme of evolution, it really isn't, Um, you know, and especially when you look back, um, you know, our, our companion animals have not been domesticated that terribly long. Obviously, you know, for humans, a hundred years, you know, living a hundred years is a long time, but that's nothing in the span of, of evolution. Our animals are still very much ingrained, um, to eat the diet that they have. And, you know, that is very evident in how quickly they take to that kind of diet. It's evident in their anatomy and physiology, and it's very evident in, in their daily behaviors. And, and also their health. I mean, yeah. look what look what we have done to them, feeding them processed food, right? All these years, you know, right. since like you said, World War Two, mm-hmm. and it, it's just all they do is get all these diseases and right. feeding the raw. And um, you know, I know some people that now I give probiotics mm-hmm. in my food, but I don't feed the the full prey. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's it's so much it's just so much better. It's so hard for me to explain to people. It's just like, just do it. You'll see the difference in, in them. The, the first time when I first started feeding raw, the number one thing I noticed is that the fur within a couple days, their hair is so much softer. It's not oily and greasy or, or it's just a beautiful, shiny color. Absolutely. And, and then, of course, we all realize that they poop a lot less. Yes. And um, my husband loves it because they poop in the yard and you basically does, you don't even have to pick it up if you don't want to. Right. Because right. if it's a warm day, it turns white, grounds and just falls apart back into your grass. Right. Right. You know? and, and it's all natural stuff, what they're eating. So you don't have to be concerned about your yard being contaminated correct. or... Or any of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And I think our grass is fuller and greener and thicker yes. out there than it ever has been. Yes, absolutely. So that's so be I, it, it, yeah, it does. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And that's why I wanted to do this about the raw feeding. Because mm-hmm. when I first started feeding Diamond Raw, that was that's my story. With that, she, I found out that she had cancer and I started feeding her raw. And, you know, after you do all your research and, you know, everything we do at the beginning and um, it it was amazing. Their energy goes up. Yes. And, and, you know, in a good way, they're not hyperactive. They just are not sluggish and unenthused. They're at a normal level that they're supposed to be. Right. You know, our lucky used to be a grazer. He'd eat a little bit of his kibble, walk away, come back, eat a little bit, walk away. Now he doesn't fit. He doesn't leave that bowl till everything is gone. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's so many other things that come around. Excuse me for butting in. So go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, I, I, you know, some of my clients have just extraordinary stories Um, you know, one of the most heartbreaking was, um, you know, I had somebody, ironically, I was arguing with somebody on Facebook about raw. She, 
the person fed royal canin bangle and was convinced that bangles have digestive issues. And I was trying to explain, you know, no, it's, you know, these processed diets that that's affecting them. And somebody had, you know, it got to the point where I was just like, okay, I cannot get through this woman fine. Well, uh, probably an hour later, somebody messaged me. She had been watching what I was saying. And she said, you know, I have a bangle. He, you know, he's, he's, you know, a few months old, he's three months old. He only weighs two pounds. I I got him. He was neutered, vaccinated and sent to me the same day. Um, Since then, he has had chronic diarrhea. We have tried everything. We have tried meds. We have tried different, different food. We everything. Nothing is working and he is wasting away. I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to lose him. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, listen, I'm going to send you this recipe and you're going to put him on this and, and we're going to see what happens. By the end of the week, he no longer had chronic diarrhea and she saw the muscle coming back and he started gaining weight and he was healthy. She sent me a picture of his poop and said, look at this. I am in tears. This is a solid poop. Thank you so much. And, you know, he, uh, his name's Xerxes, and he just celebrated his third birthday. He's doing amazing. Um, the owner went to the vet a few weeks later to get a checkup. The vet was so amazed. She, she's like, what, what are you doing differently? She's like, I changed his diet. I'm feeding him a raw diet. And she told her uh, about the diet. And a few months later, the vet goes uh, she seeks out a nutrition summit, and now she recommends raw to every single one of her clients. Wow, that's great, and that's rare for a yeah. vet today. Yes, because a lot absolutely. of them still are in into the dog food and the cat food. Right. Um, I, I know when I started feeding uh, Diamond Raw, and I took her to the vet for a checkup, and mm-hmm. she asked me what I was feeding her, and she looked at me like. Uh, um, a deer in headlights. She didn't yeah. get it. She didn't yeah. understand. And and I told her it was okay. Right. You know, it was okay. And it's okay that you don't know I'm doing all my homework and, you know, I'm learning from people that have fed raw and, and I'm learning everything about it. Right. You know, but, right. um, and, and I taking diamond off of raw, I mean, I'm sorry, off of dog food and started mm-hmm. feeding raw and giving her the supplements that I did. She lived 31 months. Right. When she was supposed, they only gave her three to six. Right, right. So there is so much that people need to learn about feeding raw. Absolutely. And it's not just, you know, for the health of the dog, of your pets. Obviously, it is for the health of them. Right. But once, just like me, when you were feeding them and you were brainwashed, so to speak, quote unquote, about feeding dog food and cat food. And then you realize, and then you get that, that diagnosis of, you know, right. cancer or diabetes or whatever right. the disease is, you realize and when you do your homework, uh, like I did, and from my friends that taught me that, you know, if their gut is not balanced with a balanced meal, it screws up right. their immune system and it starts the disease to grow. Right. And that could be from allergies to diabetes to cancer. Right. And unfortunately, nowadays, just like humans, it is very uncommon to find an animal that does not have a health problem. And again, you can go back and look at the ingredients in, in your commercial pet food and see exactly what is contributing to that. You know, a dog or a cat that has cancer that is on a commercial diet is do- definitely going to 
pass away faster than a dog on a whole foods diet. And that is because all of those carbs and sugars are feeding into that cancer. All of uh, that, that protein that they're not getting is helping that cancer to continue growing. Cancer cannot thrive on fat. They cannot thrive on a lot of protein, you know? And so you see these ingredients are contributing to causing disease and continuing to progress disease faster. Correct. Yeah, I had, um, speaking of stories, I have a client that, that she's one of my friends and I've, I pet sit her, I've been pet sitting her dog for years and she called me, I think maybe six or eight months ago now that she took Lainey to the vet and she, her liver enzymes were through the roof. Right. And she was feeding dog food. Now she had tried to feed raw before and Lainey didn't, wouldn't go back, wouldn't do it. So she switched her back to the dog food. Mm-hmm. So then she called me and I was like, Laura, you're going to have to feed her raw. You have to get her off the dog food. Right. And so I put her, I told her to get some milk thistle for the liver mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for 30 days. And she switched her to raw and she took to it this time. And a month later, she went into the vet and got another blood test. Her liver enzymes were almost so close to being normal. Wow. Just 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just, it's, it is amazing. And And I've had another friend that did it too. You know, her fourth, I think Ernie was probably 13, a little Datsun and Mm -hmm. uh, her, his liver enzymes. And I had a bottle here at home. I said, here. Do it for 30 days, twice a day, right. and take them back. Completely normal in 30 yeah. days. Yeah. And a lot of people are seeing that even with the raw diets. They are not just seeing that their companions are, you know, maintaining and not progressing. They're seeing reversal of illness and disease. Yes. A lot of people are able to get off of medications. Yeah. Um, Have you seen that for the insulin? Uh, with yes, the I do know several cats. people who have been able to completely get um, their pets off of that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they're one of the, a huge uh, issue that a lot of people have a problem with is their pets having allergies, uh, you know, yep. skin allergies and protein allergies. Um, I've seen so many people who have gotten an allergy tests done. They're allergic to, you know, 20 different proteins. You put them on the same protein on a raw diet and they can eat them. They're having absolutely no problems, um, you know, with having any kind of allergic reactions. Yep. Um, and I don't think it's they, amazing. It is amazing. And I, I, for that point, I, I blamed the ingredients in the dog food or the right. cat food that they were eating. Right. That's what's giving them the allergies. It's not the protein in right. the kibble. It's the everything else that's in the kibble. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people, oh, oh, there's chicken. That's the first ingredient. That is not the chicken we're eating. That is chicken byproducts and, you know, the stuff that may have accidentally fallen on the floor. And, you know, that's not the chicken that you're eating. That's why that food is so cheap, you know? You you, wear, you know, a a $2 can of bison. Where are you getting $2, you know, bison? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wouldn't eat it. Right, exactly. Um, you know, so, so yes, people should be very aware that these ingredient lists are a little deceiving. Yeah, they are. And, you know, and that used to be me too. 
years yeah. ago. It's just like, oh, the first ingredient is chicken or beef. And then you do a little bit of homework and you realize that that chicken or beef is the stuff that you wouldn't be able to eat. Right. Right. And you're feeding that to your dog or your cat. Exactly. Do you, if, as far as I'm concerned, if I can't eat it, they cannot eat it. Right. And that's exactly. what everybody needs to start thinking. Do you want to eat kibble? Nope. Then give them some fresh meat and see what it is. See right. what happens to them. And, and you know, on top of that, you are responsible for your companion's health. They have no choice. They do have to come to you. It's one story. If you want to eat McDonald's and candy bars and soda all the time, that, that's your choice. But your pet does not have a choice. So the best right. thing to do is feed them what they're supposed to eat and, and do that so that they're healthy. Right, right, right. People will be happier, too, if they're healthy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, 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 all, it, it just all comes down to the food. You know, yeah. you are what you eat. And it's yep. the same thing for our pets. Exactly. You know? I mean, you know, when you drive a car, you put gasoline in the car. That's what it's supposed to have so that it's fueled and it goes somewhere. You want to do the exact same thing for your pet. If you're putting the wrong thing in there, there's going to be problems. Right. And I just love how you said the, the more energy. They're not hyper, but they just have a little bit more energy. Right. <laughs> Right. Unlike Addie, my little puppy, she has energy 24 seven. It doesn't matter if she ate five seconds ago or four hours ago. Yes. I understand. Bengals are very high energy breeds. So we got cats bouncing off the walls all the time. And I was going to say it goes for kittens too. Yes. You know, it's my sister had three kittens at one time Mm -hmm. and it was a riot going over there to take care of them while she was at uh, work. You just sit down and they all crawl all over. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it's, to me, that's heaven. So it it is definitely, it is, it is. Um, But okay. The last thing I want to ask you before I let you go is that you have your, your company has food for ferrets. Yes. And I'm sure there are listeners that might have a ferret or know someone that has a ferret. Yes. So, what is their nutritional? So ferrets are pretty much the same as cats um, in the sense that they're obligate carnivores. They have um, uh, a demand for taurine just like cats because they cannot um, manufacture their own. Um, And believe it or not, while there are some ferret foods out there, a lot of ferret owners actually feed cat food. So you can have the same exact issues and problems that you have um, in regards to feeding commercial foods to cats and dogs um, in ferrets as well. Um, Mm -hmm. For the most part, requirements are pretty much the same, um, but because in the wild, um, ferrets are kind of like weasel types, um, they Mm -hmm. eat a lot of rodents, they tend to Mm -hmm. have a little bit of a higher bone content. So for them, instead of just strictly feeding 80% meat, um, 10% organ, 10% bone, um, you can feed them between 75 and 80% meat. Uh, You still keep the 10% organ, and the bone is 10 to 15%. So in that sense, they're just a little slightly different just because most of the time they're eating very small whole prey versus larger, medium, or larger whole prey. Uh And believe it or not, cats are not the most difficult to transition. Ferrets are. 
Um, ferrets yeah. are known to imprint, uh, so they will choose a food and that's all they'll eat. And especially if you're feeding a commercial diet, a lot of people tend to just feed the same flavor, the same, you know, the same brands, the animals yeah. whole life. So that mm-hmm. can be a concern with ferrets. Um, so sometimes they take a little bit longer to transition, but there are several methods that you can use. Um, you can use the cold turkey method, like I had mentioned before, where you just just try to switch them over. Um, mm-hmm. You can transition them with wet food um, like you can with cats. Um, or the third method is an ultra slow method. Um, you kind of make more of a soupy blend and slowly increase um, to grinds and then chunks um, and and kind of slowly introducing them to it because of the of their desire to imprint on on certain foods. So they can be a little bit more difficult, but I have helped several people transition their ferrets, and um, it has gone gone exceptionally well, actually. So um, the other difference is that they're smaller and they have a faster metabolism. So as I mentioned with dogs and cats feeding more around 3%, you're going to feed adult ferrets more like 7 to 10% of their body weight. Oh, wow. Um, so they eat a lot, a lot more, but it ends up mm-hmm. being about how much you would feed a cat, um, you know, uh, when they're on about 3%. Um, so yeah. they do eat a higher amount, um, you know, than, than cats or dogs. Um, but that's because they're smaller. They have a faster metabolism. Um, they need more food and they're, more often. And they're so cute. Yeah, yes, they are very cute. <laughs> very, very They cute. are very cute. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Megan, I very much I want to thank you for being with us today and, and teaching us all new things about feeding raw. And I hope everyone learned a lot. Of course. From this. Thank you for and, having me. Yes. And we will have you back again. Sounds and good. again, I want to thank you and everybody out there, please hug your pets today. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Bye.